If you want to know what is really happening in the world today, you need to read the Parsha HaShavua, the weekly Torah reading. Join Rabbi Mendel Lipska for the next hour as he delves and enumerates the themes running through the weekly Torah Parsha, only on 101.9 High FM. And a wonderful era of Shabbos to all of you. Great to be with you again. Take a few minutes to talk about, well, the Parsha, Torah. As I always say, Torah is there to teach us, to guide us, to show us what in fact is correct in life. Life is confusing. Life can be terribly confusing. Life has all sorts of options, all sorts of different paths. And in order for us to understand which is the correct path for us to undertake, what is right for us in terms of life, Torah is the guide. Torah is the map. Torah shows us the way. In actual fact, our sages tell us Torah was the blueprint to the world. When God created the world, what was the blueprint that he used? Of course, God knows everything. God is everything. But God gave creation a structure. And part of that structure is like an architect. He created a blueprint. And what was the blueprint for creation for the world that he brought into being? That was the Torah. And he looked into Torah and this is the way that he built his world. And therefore, being that Torah is the blueprint for the world, it contains all that is necessary in order for it to be built correctly and for it to be sustained correctly. And this is why we turn to Torah for the guidance, for the insight, for the wisdom, for the beauty for the lessons that it teaches us, because after all, as human beings, we have tremendous, tremendous potential and ability, but we also have confusing dimensions in life as well. And this is why in order for us to achieve a degree, a dimension of clarity, it's Torah that gives us that light, that positive direction, so that we know where to go and how to live our lives correctly. We're very much into the month of El, a special month, a month that is laden with overwhelming energy of God's wonderful blessings. In actual fact, our sages tell us that during this month, the 13 attributes of God's great mercy, the Yud Gimel Midot HaRachamim, are present in tremendous revealed fashion. And each and every one of us understands that we need those attributes. We need those divine dimensions of mercy. We live in a world, as we look around this world, and we think to ourselves, this world needs a tremendous input, a tremendous degree of mercy. There is so much conflict. There is so much division. There is so much, well, look at the world today and ask yourself, what does the world need? It needs divine rachamim. It needs divine mercy. It needs the hand and blessing of God to bring peace, to bring prosperity, to bring goodness, to bring peace of mind, to bring goodness to all of humankind. And it's during this month of Elul, the month of Elul, that not only is it a time that we are able to reflect upon the past year and to consider our shortcomings and to repent for those things that need correction, it's also a time 
that God enables us to reach out to him with far greater ease. In fact, our sages tell us that normally what takes an entire quorum, a minion of prayer to achieve, during this month, an individual on his own is able to achieve that dimension of prayer. Our prayers are heard and received on high with far greater ease than throughout the year. Elul is a month that is laden with God's 13 attributes of mercy. El is a time that each and every one of us is able to reach out with relative ease and to achieve greatness in the sense that our prayers are heard and received with far, far greater dimensions in the heavenly realms by God himself. And this is why it's a time to be used correctly. Elul is a time to be used with that type of tremendous concern. And this is why every single weekday during the month of Elul, we blow the shofar, we hear the shofar, to remind us not to let this opportunity pass by without each and every one of us using it to the best of our ability. The shofar reminds us this is a time, this is a month that each and every one of us is able to do great things. Each and every one of us is able to petition God himself. And as I mentioned before, God, the king is in the field, he's here with us. And God wants us to reach out because he wants to respond by giving each and every one of us that which we need. The shofar reminds us, what we possess. The shofar is a call to our neshama. Our neshama is infinite. Our soul is incredibly powerful. Our neshama is able to inspire, uplift every aspect of our being, our intellect, our emotion, our bodies, everything that we possess. It's able to awaken it to a far greater degree. It's not business as usual this month. This month is altogether different. One of the things that we do during this month, we started, and it continues all the way until Hashanah Rabbah, is that Shacharis and Mincha, we add the prayer of Ledavid, Hashem Arivi Yeshi, God is my light and God is my salvation. It's a great part of Tehillim, a great prayer, which was composed by none other than King David himself. And one of the passages within that prayer is that he says, Ki avi ve'imi azavuni, my father and mother have forsaken me. Vashem yasfuni, and God has taken me and has gathered me in. Taken literally, it speaks about an individual who feels that his own family has abandoned him. And only God has welcomed him into the bosom of security and safety. But again, we turn to our, well, sages, particularly our mystical sages, and they give us a deeper interpretation of this particular passage. When it speaks about Ovi Ve'imi, my father and mother, who have, Yazvuni, they have abandoned me, they've left me. The father and mother refer to intellect and emotion. Ovi is the father, Chachma. 
and Imi is Bina, wisdom and understanding and understanding, which is the mother that gives birth to emotion. What King David is saying in challenges of life very often, the intellect that I possess, the emotions that I feel, as great as they are, as strong as they are, they aren't powerful enough in order to protect me with all the challenges of life that I go through. You know, we often think to ourselves, after all, I'm a creature of great intelligence. And therefore, if in fact I am a creature of great intelligence, how is it that I'm challenged by all these issues that I come confronted and intellect doesn't protect me? Or perhaps all these feelings, all these emotions that don't protect me when I'm challenged by serious emotional issues. A human being, after all, is blessed with greatness when it comes to intellect and emotion. But that's not enough. Hashem, God, this is what takes me in. This is what protects me. Faith, something which is far higher than intellect, something which transcends emotion. As important as those dimensions are, and they are important, they aren't enough. One has to go far beyond the human dimension and allow the divine dimension to become part and parcel of that which makes me secure and strong and enables me to meet the challenges of life. And this is what King David is saying. And this is what the month of El is all about. We look at life, we look at the world, and we think to ourselves, how is it that so many intelligent people, intelligent leaders, can make so many terrible mistakes? And the answer is because they are limited by their own human conditions. And this is why we need the blessing of God, the 13 attributes of God's great mercy something which is greater than human intellect. We need the presence of the divine, the month of Elo. More of that soon. This is the Pasha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about Elo, we're talking about the Parsha Kitetse, and the Parsha Kitetse is, well, one of these magnificent Parshas that contain so many different laws. And how does it all begin? It begins with the following. Kitetse la when you go into war, go out in war against your enemy, and God will deliver the enemy into your hands. But what will happen when you go into war, out in war? The people that you go into battle against, they're going to do something very clever. They're going to try and weaken your resolve instead of allowing you to focus on the issue at hand, the battle. They're going to tempt you by taking their women, dressing them in seductive clothing, and instead of being involved in battle, they're going to tempt you with all sorts of lustful issues. And the Torah tells us what has to happen at such time. You have to cut off her hair, let her nails grow, etc., etc., etc. But our 
They're mystical masters, particularly our Hasidic teachers, tell us that this is not only referring to the, well, story of going into war and what happens to a soldier when he gets caught up in this sort of situation and he sees these maidens who've been used by the enemy in order to entice one and to break the resolve. But this is the issue of life generally. Because going into war is not only physical battle, but going into war is a metaphor for life generally because going into the physical world is often a battle. When you live in a protective environment, when you live away from the challenges and temptations of life, life might be a lot easier. But when you live in the open world, and there's so many things around you which call your attention away from what in fact are the essential duties of life. And they want to seduce you with all sorts of interesting but different things. Life becomes a battle. And the Torah is telling us how to deal with those situations. How to deal with those situations in order that when confronted with those challenges, you come out successful. And the very first thing the Pesach tells us is that when you go into battle against your enemy, know full well that God will deliver the enemy into your hands. You have to go with certainty, with fortitude, that you're going into the world with the power of Torah, you have an ishama, you have a godly soul, that God puts you on this world with a great mission. He didn't throw you into a physical world and say, sink or swim. He didn't throw you into this world and say, well, it's up to you, just kind of work it out as best you can. God said, I put you here for a reason, for an important reason, that you have to confront the physical world and to transform, to change the physical world. Your encounter with the physical world is for the purpose of elevating that world. And therefore, I have given you the ability of doing just that. I have given you a soul. I have given you an ishama. I have given you the blueprint. I have given you the Torah. And therefore, know full well if you use those elements, if you use those gifts that I have given you, you will be victorious. And even though, even though the enemy, so to speak, the world around you will try to weaken that resolve, to make you forget that you have a mission in this world, to make you forget that you have a purpose in this world, know full well. The Torah will tell you how to deal with those challenging moments in a proper way. And the very first thing that you have to remember is try to understand that how do you recognize authenticity? How do you recognize value? How do you recognize something that has worth or something that is worthless? And the answer is, when you encounter any situation or anything, are you looking at its external presentation or are you looking at its essence? Are you looking at the packaging or are you looking at the content? 
Are you looking at the way that is presented on the most external level, or are you actually looking at the thing itself? Because if you're looking at the external package, if you're looking at the way it's presented on the most external level, then know full well you are wasting your time, you're wasting your energies, you're wasting your encounter with that thing. Because it's going to tempt you and it will not deliver. It's there simply to seduce you on a very, very shallow level. It's appealing to your senses. It's appealing to an external dimension of your life. It's distracting you from your purpose and your mission. If you want to actually know what you have to do, examine that which has true value. Examine what in fact is the content. And this is why you have to remove the externalities. You have to remove, so to speak, the packaging and say, what's inside? What is the content? Does the content have value? Or is it just a gimmick? And then what does Torah say? Cut off the hair. Cut off the nails or let the nails grow long. It depends on the commentaries. And our mystical masters tell us that the hair represents confused intellect and the nails represent confused emotion. These are the issues of life which create so much confusion. You know, as mentioned before, we are creatures of intellect. But very often, we use our intellect incorrectly. Instead of using it in a direction of truth and correctness, we simply allow false ideas and perhaps, well, non-truth dimensions to form our intellectual patterns. And when you take a look at the world, you begin to realize how much nonsense passes for intelligence. When you take a look at the world, you begin to realize how much, well, emptiness passes for intelligence. Yes, it may have flowery language. It may have interesting, noisy presentation. But once you begin to examine it carefully, once you begin to investigate the essence, you begin to see how empty and how foolish it is. It is, well, theories that have no substance whatsoever. Ideas that are not based on any factual truth. Theories that this, that, or the other came up with. This is what Torah tells us. In order for you to encounter the world correctly, understand that there is a difference between, well, true intelligence and false intelligence. And similarly with emotions. You know, feelings are very powerful driving forces within an individual. But feelings can be very easily manipulated on a very superficial level. And therefore, examine carefully 
what is causing my feelings to behave in a particular sort of way? Does it come from a source of truth? Does it come from a source of honesty? Does it come from a source of purity? What is exciting me? What is moving me? What is causing me to behave in this particular fashion? And when you begin to examine the cause of those emotions, you will quickly see if it's truth or if it's nonsense. If it's truth or something which is completely superficial. And this is what it talks about at the beginning of the Parsha. When you go into the world... You have to have the strength and the fortitude of going into the world and encountering the world from a position of strength and truth. And this is where Torah comes in. You have to prepare yourself correctly. You have to have ideas that come from a well of truth. You simply can't be thrown into the world and say, well, send your swim. That's not the way it's intended. Yes, we have to encounter the world, but we also have to prepare carefully that we come into the world and we know what in fact is true, so that when we are presented with a challenge, we are able to assess the situation correctly and come to conclusions that are positive, that are uplifting, and good for myself and enabling me to fulfill my mission in this world. More of that soon. This is the Parsha HaShavua with Rabbi Mendel Lipska, only on 101.9 High FM. We're talking about the Parsha of Kitetse, teaching us how to encounter the world, recognizing what is of value, what is really superficial, and how to act understand what is intellectually correct and emotionally proper. And as we take a look at the end of the Parsha, what's interesting are two passages that seem to have no relationship, yet they are connected with each other. One of the interesting things about Torah generally, and perhaps in this Parsha in particular, is not the amount of laws, but the juxtaposition of laws. When you take a look at them, why are they Coming together, they seem to have no relationship whatsoever, but on closer examination, in actual fact, powerful connection. So toward the end of the Parsha, we have a law that says you have to be careful in terms of weights and measures to be absolutely ethical. You can't have, you know, weights and measures that you're able to behave in a way when it comes to business in a dishonest way. When it comes to weights and measures, be very ethical in business. Don't be dishonest. And if you do so, you will be blessed with a long life. And not only that, he says, but if you don't do so, know that this is an abomination in the eyes of God. And immediately thereafter, it says, remember what Amalek, the arch enemy of the Jewish people, tried to do to you on your road out of Egypt. He tried to destroy you, etc., etc. And you must never, ever forget that. What connection is there between the, well, 
the ethics of proper business, of ethical business behavior, and remembering what Amalek tried to do to the people on the way out of Egypt. I was once speaking to a businessman who did something pretty naughty, <coughs> excuse me, in business. And I asked him, how could you do this? And in all honesty, he told me, well, this is the way one does business in this particular area. And I said to him, but it's fraud. You're fooling the public. And again, he told me, this is the way it's done. And he meant it. And he wasn't a bad person. He was a very decent person in most respects. And he actually believed that what he was telling me was correct, that in this particular area, this is the way you do business. What is a mullet? Can we discussed this in the past. A mullet can appear as your best friend, as the most ethical creature in the world. But the intention of a mullet is to bring distortion into your life. But if a mullet appears as an enemy, as a threat, you're going to protect yourself against him. But if a mullet appears as a friend, then you will, well, accept him, receive him, listen to him, his counsel, his ideas. You're going to welcome him with open arms. This is so important, based upon what we were speaking earlier on in the Parsha. You have to have the methodology of assessing the value of something. You can't say this is the way of doing business. If it's dishonest, it's dishonest. If it's incorrect, it's incorrect. If it's unethical, it's unethical. doesn't matter if this is the way of doing business. You can't have one set of measures here and another set of measures. Weights and measures have to be correct. What does Amalek do? Amalek comes along and with all sorts of fancy footwork, begins to justify and explain and say it's not so bad, it's okay, it's correct, the art of justification, and that is the most dangerous thing. He doesn't tell you it's wrong and it's okay to do something that's wrong. He says it's okay because it's okay, and therefore you don't even realize you're doing something that's wrong. That's why these two laws come together to remind you that sometimes when you do something wrong, it appears as if what you're doing is okay. This is what Kitese teaches us. And this is what happens during the month of Elul. The month of Elul is a time of reflection. And a time of reflection is a time of honesty. A time that we have to look at life, we have to look at things, and we have to say, how do I behave in this particular situation? How did I behave in the situation? How should I behave in the situation? Is what I'm doing correct? Or am I fooling myself? Am I, well, justifying my behavior because, well, I want to do it. And therefore, I'm using the art of justification in order to appease myself. And therefore, I can do whatever I want ultimately. Because this is the unfortunate negative genius of the human condition, taking intellect and emotion and corrupting them to such a degree that they are able 
to explain everything the way as we have seen. Not only individuals, but entire nations are able to somehow justify the worst type and the most disastrous type of behavior because it suits their interests. It somehow fits into what they want to accomplish. This is something which is Parsha talks to us about. This is what the month of El is all about. This is the call of the shofar. The call of the shofar is an alarm that touches our souls and say, it's time to wake up. It's time to reassess things. It's time to strip away the superficiality and examine the core, the content, the true value of an action, of a situation. Is it correct? Is it incorrect? Is it right? Is it wrong? Really? Not subject, how it affects me, how I feel about it, but objectively, is it really correct? And this is why it's a great month. And this is why it's an important month. And this is why it's a month of tremendous, tremendous opportunity, because things can change and will change. It's up to us. So when you're in shul tomorrow, listen to the parsha. Because each one of these laws, they come one after the other pretty quickly. Interesting laws. Tremendous laws. One can talk about each one of these laws for hours. But listen carefully. And as I always say, you will hear something that talks to you. And when it does, listen carefully. Because it contains a personal message. A powerful message. A message that's going to change your life and bring tremendous meaning into your being. It's the month of Elul. Use it correctly. It's Shabbos, a time of great upliftment. Use that correctly. It comes together in this Parsha, which is so full of divine energy. It's a month that the 13 attributes, degrees of God's great mercy are present and revealed. Take advantage. Good Shabbos.